Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, this edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. And we have our special guest today, uh, two members of the Crave Group. Uh, Wayne Rainey on my right and Richard Varner to Wayne's right and of course we have Paul on the other side and this is a special one we when we get to speak to these guys so we're going to talk about all things Moto America this episode so are you are you really nervous because you're sitting next to Wayne I'm very excited let me just say your hand off my leg I'm nervous because this is the first time we could actually get fired during the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so we got to watch what we're saying then I guess is what um, but we're at Barber Motorsports Park this weekend, and it's it's actually our wrap-up round, which um, by the time this comes out, actually it'll be out Saturday. So we had a great Friday. I mean, with the resurfacing of the track, it's pretty amazing with the lap times. And um, tire wear will be something to talk about for sure, but there's a lot of compelling issues. One of the big ones is our schedule for next year, which came, just came out with, uh, we've got 10 rounds, and uh, I want to talk to you guys about it. we got a couple new tracks on the, on the uh, schedule. Good job, you guys, getting those tracks for us. So tell us about that, Wayne. Talk about uh, the one at the Ridge to start with, um, how that came about and where it's located. Yeah, so, you know, Chuck Axlin, um, you know, our partner, he he worked on the schedule. He's been working on that since July, and uh, the Ridge contacted him, and we had some – actually, Chuck went up there and looked at the track and worked with uh, the people there, and uh, they decided to do the work so we could come. So – we're super pumped up about that one. And the one at Indy has just been incredible that we're going back there. So everybody knows about Indianapolis. Right. I've not been up to the Ridge, but everybody I talk to that, uh, there's some guys that race cars up there and they say it's one, it's really a, a pretty place and the track is great and they love it. And it should be pretty good. And I know they've, they've done a lot of improving up there. And so it ought to be a good place. I mean, it's not been served by racing for a long time. Yeah, I think since the 80s. Yeah, yeah Wayne and I, I were talking that. earlier in the week. Yeah, I used to be a kid. Then, I went there and he was actually racing like a 500 Honda yeah. in like, um, in it was like an AMA CCS deal, I think at the time. Or Yeah, I, re- I remember I was up there. I think it was 1985. And I was up there riding um, riding a McLean <laughs> Honda. McLean, yeah. Yeah, and then okay. that's where I met Kevin Schwantz. Right. And, uh, he wasn't in my class. I just watched him go off the track and I thought, who's that, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's here today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he is. Uh, uh, but let me say one thing. Yeah. So, Indy. So I guess it was August. It was when MotoGP was at Indy, uh, the second to last year they were there. We had been working with AMA and trying to get this this whole deal done. This is before Crave even kind of got started, and and we were working with AMA trying to get the rights all settled out. And we went to Indy. We met with Dorna and we met with AMA and we were down to the last bits on the contract and the, and the whole rights thing. And at the end of the day, we, we sat in the Pagoda, which is, you know, the iconic tower there in India. Yeah. So Wayne and I and Chuck and Terry and uh, Bill Cumbo and um, Rob uh, yeah, Rob Dingman. And we pounded out the last details and shook hands. That's basically where Moto America started. Wow. Why a, did you decide to go there? Just it was a middle ground or what? Everyone was there at one time, so we could meet with people and see people. Like you know, like a lot of the races, everyone's there. So we we were all getting to meet everybody, and that's it was a convenient place to meet. Yeah, we've been working on the contract for and the idea for probably up to a year before that. And so 
when the time to hash out all the details, the MotoGP race was there. So it was at that race is where the contract was actually put yeah, together. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So it was, it's kind of like going home in a way. I mean, it's back yeah. where we started. So yeah, Was that your first ever MotoGP? No, I think my first one was at Laguna a year before, two years before, something like that. So, hmm. but uh, Now, one of the things I want to ask you guys about is he's hooked. Yeah, it didn't take much. Look at him now. Look, I'm like the biggest, car, like the biggest, fish, biggest yeah, carp in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you guys about the about the ten round the ten round thing because we've had some fans that would say, you know, oh, they're adding a couple of rounds. It's ten rounds. It was ten rounds this, this year. It, talk to us about what that means. Is it is it kind of a thing with the teams? The logistics are better for ten rounds as opposed to maybe twelve. Or would we like to have twelve rounds? I mean, t- tell us about that a little bit. Well, I think uh, for sure we would like to have more rounds, but um, I think where the teams are, where the industry is for road racing, uh, this is what works for us. Uh, we race in you know, all types of weather, so there's only so many tracks that uh, we can race in the rain because now we, you know, we have our, our TV with uh, our, our Live Plus show and NBC and Fox 2. So we, you know, we race live, and so there's um, a couple racetracks where that doesn't work. So... This works good for us right now, 10 rounds. And I think our schedule next year is, from what the teams say, they're really pumped up about it. This is right where they want to be is at 10. The thing I really like about it, too, is it's very, there's like every other week kind of thing. It's a really good setup. You know, it's not too short. It's not kind of too long. It's a nice nice well, way things are going. The reality is, you know, if we're racing, uh, we have to race in decent weather. I mean, we, we don't like the rain. <clears throat> it's more fun to watch sometimes, but the rain is an issue. So... Anything earlier than April, <clears throat> it's difficult for us to really put our race on. As you get too deep into September, we're up against football. We're up against the weather again. So, and then you take out the, the you know, Labor Day, Memorial Day, the Fourth of July, Mother's Day, and Father's Day. You're down to about 12, 13 weeks. Your anniversary. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Our anniversaries. You're down to. You, you don't really have a lot more. I think maybe fourteen or fifteen weekends. So. If you start trying to get beyond that, you start banging up against everything. So that's an issue. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this we're bringing this thing back from kind of down to, I think when we started the year before, it was like five events. Yeah. So you've got to be aware of what the teams can do because it costs them more to do more rounds. And it, it goes kind of up exponentially. So, and then they're away from their family. So you, it's kind of this thing where the first year was nine and the second year was nine, third year was 10. It's been there for a while. You know, the grids are getting bigger, so it tells us it's getting healthier. So, you know, maybe at some point. And the other thing is the number of tracks. Right. You know, that can really handle the event. So, right. uh, I mean, Chuck and, and uh, Wayne have done a great job of finding different tracks. And so we've raced it uh, with some, what, 14 tracks next, by the end of next year, will be 14 mm-hmm. different tracks. So, that's really good. That and, and when we started, it was hard to find nine. Yeah. yeah and you got to remember is that, you know, uh, Moto America events, we have two two races on set, you know, one on Saturday, one on right. Sunday. So that's two complete races that the teams and the riders have to prepare for. So that's, that's a lot of stress. That's a lot of commitment. It's a big investment just to do two events on the weekend, but it's, you know, it's great for the fans. Right. Yeah. 
So one other question, I wondered if it came into play with regard to the schedule or where we went or anything. Did you guys have to, with the TV, take into consideration the next year, with the Summer Olympics or next year, right? I mean, did we have, did that impact us in any way? Wait on that. We asked, know, except we, our guys are riding the, the, we have a couple well, we asked, athletes we asked that are in the 100-yard dash. I think yeah, that, and, and I, I, I mean, they wanted me to come and I couldn't uh, because I had this. But the, That's right. The, He's a diver. Uh, I'm a diver. Uh, <laughs> For the TV. Cannonballer. Let's well, go with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in yeah, the, the, the parallel uh, bars. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. so, but uh, no, we asked them to move it, and they did. It was really nice. I mean, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad it worked out. Uh, it so, would actually be called the very uneven bars. Very uneven bars. Right? <laughs> they don't do the bar. they don't do the uneven bars. I used to really like to watch. I mean, junior high watching that. That's pretty cool. Oh, that, it is. That was good stuff. Absolutely so, was. That's <laughs> closest we ever got to a date. But the, <laughs> the, the, uh, or anything else. The. Uh, Actually, uh, we do share one weekend. I think it's uh, the first weekend in August. So the Olympics are at the end of July. No, we lucked out. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So we only share one weekend with them. Yeah, I mean, it's the TV I'm thinking about. It's NBC. I think it's going to be on NBC. So and we have a program. And so. it's in Japan, so you're not going to see it live anyway. So right. it's going to be post-produced yeah. and right. canned, and, and we're on a different... Yeah, they're on the Olympic Channel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, won't affect us too much. All right, let's talk a little bit about the stuff that we got going on here this weekend. The two championships that are the closest are our two biggest classes, Superbike and, and uh, Supersport. Would you, as a, as a former racer, would you want to be 10 points ahead with two races, or would you like the position of being 10 points behind? Because with that situation in Supersport, they neither of those guys need any help you know what i mean it's like whoever wins wins no matter if the other guy gets second i mean there's a lot of scenarios but for me personally i would i would always pretty much would rather be in front because they still got to beat you they got to come up you know if you're behind then you you got to make something happen so you know here we are barber um i'm not sure what the exact point spread is but i think if Cam if cameron wins both races Tony finishes third in both races, Bobier's champion. Right. So here we are at this new, at Barber, this really beautiful uh, facility, and they got a brand new uh, surface down, and Tony crashed today. You know, high speed, fifth gear, and a big, big crash. So he's going to be sore starting the race tomorrow. And I believe uh, the two Yamaha guys, Gerloff and Cameron, are first and second right now in, uh, in pre-qualifying. So, yeah, I think I'd rather be out front. The track yeah. repave kind of throws a whole different thing to it, don't you think? Because, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of crashes today. Yeah. So I think it's it's them finding that there's so much grip, there's so much grip, there's so much grip, and then suddenly there's no grip. Yeah, with a brand new track, we were the first, uh, really the first racing series on the track. So every time, um, you know, the classes go out, they lay down more rubber. So each time the riders get on the track, the, the, the grip gets better. But where the guys are really struggling here, it looks like, is when the when they're going around the track and they're on the throttle, everything's good. But as soon as they get off the throttle, the rear unloads just a little bit and then it loses grip. And that's how they're spinning out. So you gotta be very gentle. You gotta let the track come to you. You gotta be patient, but yet still be aggressive enough to you know, force the pace and hopefully somebody else makes a mistake. And so far Tony's done that, but we'll see what happens in the race. They're on hard tires too, right? Most of these guys? Yeah, because yeah, uh, the you know, hardest. Yeah, the hardest tire, because you know, so much grip, it's billiard smooth. Uh, so they're already, we're already going faster than we did last year yep. by quite a bit. So that's, uh, that's hard on uh, the Dunlop tires. And so they run a little bit harder compound. 
And so it's, it's not as much feeling yet out of time. You think it's going to equalize, guys? I think if there's going to be equalization, I mean, like Kyle Wyman was doing really well today. Yeah, he had a good yeah I think you've already seen that. Like, yeah. Cam Cameron Peterson well. was up there yeah. for yeah. a while. Yeah. Have you ever been in a position trying to win a championship where you actually needed somebody else's help? Like you needed the guy to get third or fourth? And um, You know, Paul, I was thinking when you asked me that the first time, I was thinking, okay, was I behind in 92? It seems like when I went to South Africa, I think I was ahead of Mick. And I ended up beating him in the race. I, I ended up third, I think, and he ended up sixth. And I think I beat him by two points. He might have been ahead of me uh, going into that race. I don't really recall. It was a long time ago. But uh, but all the other championships that I was in that I that I'd won, I was normally in front at the last race. All right. Fair enough. That's how I prefer it. So tomorrow, I was talking to Garrett Gerloff a little bit today in the Super Bowl tomorrow. So. They're not using a softer front tire. It's a little bit hard. And then that Super Bowl tire is real soft. So that differential between that hard front tire and that soft rear tire, did you never, Did you ever experience anything like that? I mean, you never had situations where you had comp- hugely different compounds, did you, in the, between the front and the back? So, Sean, I come, I've been racing a long time. Yes. So about 40 years, I think, I raced. So when I, I remember when I first started road racing, uh, we could run a, Goodyear rear tire and a Michelin front. Oh, so yes, I've experienced many different compounds. <laughs> and then when he first first started is when they put air in them for the first time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I don't quite recall that. But, but no, it's um, you know you never know what the compound. Like some bikes, like for instance, maybe the Yamaha works a little better with a little harder front tire and a softer rear tire. The Suzuki could be opposite. It you know rider preference. Some riders use the throttle different than other riders. So, you know, it all depends on the setup. But I think in a track like this, you would want a bike that gives you good feel from the tires and uh, that's very predictable. It might not be, you know, the most traction, but I think you got to, with this new surface, you got to let the track come to you. So, is there a danger of overriding a hard front tire? Yeah, very much so. Because track like this, as soon as you lose the front, as we've been watching in practice, the guys are down immediately, where normally you lose the front a little bit, you don't even notice it as much but here it's very noticeable mm. so R- richard we're at barber and i know you appreciate bikes of all kinds um what do you think about the museum here i mean when was the first time you went through that museum oh it's five years ago okay and uh, i think it's probably well it's absolutely probably the largest uh motorcycle museum in the world uh george has collected all kinds of motorcycles over so many years and the displays are uh, wonderful. The way the bikes are displayed, you can get close to them, and you can see them, you know, up, up really close and kind of see all the detail on them. But it's uh, it's interesting to see how much he really appreciates motorcycle. This place is built for motorcycle racing. I mean, yeah. that was its primary use, and I think it's the only place like it really in the world where where the track layout and the and the conditions and everything about it was driven towards motorcycles as opposed to cars first and motorcycles. So it's it's it's. Uh, gratifying to see a place like this and the museum over there is just wonderful and he's expanded it and now it's become a, a, a kind of a thing into its own I know they have a great big thing here in October that's a big vintage days and everything so uh, this is kind of the you know one of the I guess the east coast mecca for motorcycling I'd say Laguna maybe on the west coast and, and here on the east coast or the southeast anyway so but there's not a nicer place to, to race motorcycles mm-hmm. in the world I wouldn't think great place for us to finish up our season that's for sure absolutely yeah, um, we look forward to it. it's great we have a blast here and all the racers love coming here the last race of the year 
and it's, the track is very challenging. With this new surface, it's just perfect. I want to ask you guys, so this is where last race of the weekend, fifth season. This is five seasons, you guys. Is this where you guys thought we would be? Do you, did you think we'd be different than this, or are you feeling good about what the mission and, you know, what we're doing going forward? I mean, it's, it's kind of a broad question, but, you know, five years is kind of a milestone for sure for, for this organization, so... Well, I think what we, uh, when we, earlier today, we were talking about how many bikes will we have at our first race? Well, we've only doubled in size and entries. Of wow. So we, the first race, we were at 72 entries, yeah. I think. Tomorrow will be Five at 140. Wow. Okay, so that in itself says. It's a lot of jobs in the paddock. A lot of yes. jobs in the paddock. I mean, uh, in fact, we looked at the, the, just the people that are here in the paddock, the teams. There's over a thousand people. There are every race that just do nothing but ride motorcycles, work on motorcycles, flag, marshal, grid staff, catering, everything that goes with this. There's well over a thousand people. But the thing I think I look back to is uh, after the first season, Wayne and I, myself and Chuck and Terry Carga sat down and we put together, we kind of went through saying, what do we want to do in the next three to five years? And I got to tell you, we've hit every one of them. Wow. So, and the biggest one on that was produce our own TV. Uh, be on live TV uh, and, uh, you know, increase the social presence. But but just about everything that we, I think maybe with maybe one or two exceptions, we thought we wanted to do, we're at that point now. You've had a lot of businesses, Richard, in your career. This is a business for you as well. Um, these hitting milestones in March, you have, have had those in all your businesses, I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. But, and I think that what we see we've, over and over again and, and uh, is that metrics make all the difference. I don't care if you're racing a, a motorcycle, you know, the data is really crucial because you don't know if you're improving unless you can look at the data and look at it repeatedly over time. And that's true with what we're doing too. And, and so what we look at is kind of the changes in data in our social media, our TV viewership, uh, gate, attendance, uh, entries, but uh, times on, time on the track. Uh, you, know, you, you think about the ratings, if you, you want to say is one show better than the other, and you look at the ratings and you say, okay, now why is this show better? Why are we doing better on this show? And all that fits into what we're trying to do. And without it, you'd be lost. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have any guideposts. So no, it's, it's, we, we kind of say, what do we want to do and how do we want to do it? And that tells us if we've gotten there or not. So, so if you had to do it over again, we'd still do it? Absolutely. All right. That's yeah. what I want to hear. Yeah, I mean, you look at where we were five years ago. You know, there wasn't a lot of teams in the paddock. There wasn't many racers. wasn't a lot of tracks. You know, this thing was, uh, it was struggling. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I thought we would be here quicker than we were, but this was, it was pretty rough times when we started. Well, so. you know, five years is not that long in a company, starting up and getting going and getting moving, especially something like this. It's a really complicated business. That's the thing that surprises me more than anything. Everything has to work right to work well, okay? And it's, it's, it, there's so many moving parts on this. It's amazing. And it, it's, it's unique in a lot of businesses because... It's not like television. Television, you have a program you put on. Well, this time you have a live event that's just as important as a TV production. And then, oh, by the way, you've got this really great thing going on called racing over here. And, and that's got to be taken care of and curated and developed. So there's three or four big balls in the air here that every one of them has to be done well to make the whole thing do well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're starting to see a lot of racers come from overseas, from many different countries. And 
there's a lot of many dis- different nationalities uh, working inside our paddock, so it's it's really grown a lot. Yeah. And you guys have been seeing these riders that you saw a few years ago when it was KTM RC Cup or Junior Cup. Now they're starting to move up through the ranks. I mean, Ashton Yates is in stock 1000 or Jackson Blackman's got a couple different classes he's racing. And I mean, that's one of the keys to what this whole program is, right, is to try to get the next American world champion like you were, Wayne. So, I mean, you must be have a good feeling about what's happening with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're seeing, the, you know, we're seeing the, the structure that we laid out from Junior Cup to, uh, you know, the Twins into Stock 1000, the 600 class, into the Superbike class. The Superbike class is at the same level as World Superbike. And we just want our, you know, Moto America to be competitive so that if any rider, as they move up, they're, 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 they have the competition from the classes they've been in. And if they do move into a World Championship Series, uh, they've been through, you know, the, the competitiveness of Moto America. So it's not such a big jump. And this is why we have uh, the World Superbike rules for, for Superbike, because if our, that's our highest level, that's the one we push. And, uh, you know, we think we'll see some riders uh, probably making that jump now. Yeah, we've had, we've had people say to us, you know, why would you want your people to go out and do this? Well, it's because they're that good and they should compete on that level. But in the meantime, if we're developing that good of rider here, there's nothing there that doesn't improve our, our, our side of it, too. So if we're competing with everybody in the world and our guys are competing against those people and that's what we're producing, then the standard kind of becomes, are they as good as both America riders? Mm-hmm. And that's really, I think, something we're starting, we're going to see is that our standard is going to be up as good or better and it's going to be pretty fluid back and forth. So I don't think, we'll see a few people leave maybe, but I think at some point they all want to come here and race. Mm. The, the, the money's better, I think, in a lot, it's in a lot of cases. Uh, the, the tracks are different. I mean, it's a whole different lifestyle for a lot of the guys. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll get a lot of those. People eventually want to come here, especially if we're competing on that level. Yeah, maybe. you know, every year we have riders from MotoGP and the World Superbike Paddock looking for opportunities to race in America. I mean, it's still America. People still want to come here and, and race in our series and, you know, travel the U.S. And, you know, there's just something about America and its history and motorcycle racing that still exists. And so we're just uh, paying it forward here. Mm-hmm. And Tony's a perfect example of that. Yeah. I mean, you could give that guy the choice of going anywhere in the world, and this is where he would, this is where he's chosen to be. Oh, I think so, yeah. It's, yeah. And he, 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 you know, he wants to be here forever. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's made a life. And, and uh, he's, uh, I think if he asked Tony, he's never had the opportunity that he has now here in, in America. And I don't think he's ever ridden as well as he is right now either. That's really great to see. Yeah, I mean, Valentin DeBeast, you know, he was in our series. We hear that he wants to be back here if he can figure out how to do it, make it happen. And, I mean, it's just, he's, he's you know, he, he's in France and could do other things, but he likes America and likes our tracks. So, be, you know, it's be cool to see that, more guys like that to do. So let's talk about the Super Sports Series a little bit and how that's coming down to the wire. I mean, we've got a rider. We talked about riders that have, have come from other countries, but we actually have a couple of riders in Jake Gagne, but P.J. Jacobson, who was racing internationally, come back in here. Took him a little while to get back up, up to speed. He claims it's the bike, but I think it's maybe a little bit the rider because I think he maybe realized, wow, you know, there's some stiff competition. And he's in the deep end right now with everything. So what do you guys think of that class and who, who's going on, you know, who's involved in that with competition? Well, I think that's one of our... That's one of my favorite classes to watch. Uh, I think it's uh, it's a very exciting. The championships coming down between, I think it's three riders: P.J. Jacobson, 
uh, Bobby Fong and I think uh, Hayden Gillum. But uh, Sean Dillon Kelly's been in there, and it's been a very exciting race between these guys. I think when PJ came back from the World Championships, I think he finished second or third. His one second year. was his best, and yep. pretty close so, to winning. I mean, that's you know second in the World Championship. I don't care which series that is, is. That's yeah. that's really high. So I really didn't know where we stacked up compared to how he was going to fit in there. But uh, I noticed right away that uh, you know he was that the American guys were on pace. Uh, I think uh, PJ now is uh, he's found his feet. He's looked better the last couple of races, but it's taken most of the year though to get to the level where these guys are. So whether it's uh, getting used to the tracks or the bikes, and but he certainly looks a, a much more better than when he uh, started here. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a duke out. You know, there's been a couple riders been getting into each other. They, you know, if there's a gap, those guys fill it quick. And sometimes when there's not a gap, it gets filled. So. It's been fun to watch. Mm. You don't mind been. that, right? I mean, to a, to a point. <laughs> well, you know, I like it when, you know, the riders are racing because the championship means something. You know, we, we certainly don't want guys uh, saying, pardon me, excuse me. Sorry about that. We want them right. in there battling for it. And sometimes, you know, if they if they bump, then that's just, you know, that's part of racing. That's the way it's always been. And uh, this is certainly no different. And a little bit of that with Twins Cup, too. There's been some banging with those guys too they have a good time in that class and there's a lot of riders in there there's 44 riders here that they have to pare down to 35 because of the size of the track but that's been a pleasant surprise i mean we kind of had that as a you know a way to get club racers involved here but there's i mean we have alex duma in that thing you know it's a good stepping stone i think so well that, that's been one of the real successes uh chuck came up with that idea uh, we wanted to kill him like after the first race. Yeah, I mean, the, the sixth, well, Chuck and, and our tech guy, so James. It, 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 <laughs> that was his favorite class. It was originally Chuck's idea when there's six riders. It's been my idea since he's 40, okay? <laughs> so, so so now it's my idea, and I'm glad I came up with it. it was, went, so, yeah. Good so, job, uh, yeah, Thank yeah, you. Uh, anyway, so I knew it I knew it'd work. And uh, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> Alec Dumas, I think, is, is a great example of, of one of the kids. You know, we didn't really realize it but it makes perfect sense that it's sort of an intermediate step between that and super sport and here's a guy that had done very well in junior cup and he had nothing to gain by staying in junior cup i mean he could defend the the, the number plate and he really wanted to do it but but uh, wayne basically talked to him talked to him at length and his dad and, his, and, and the family and look how the guy's done i mean he was kind of working through it at the beginning of the season but now he's charging you know and he's done so well I mean, that guy can go, he can go a hundred different ways now. So right. I think that's a real success story. And he's, what, how old is he? 16. 16. 16. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. And he, you know, he, like Richard said, he, he was our junior cup champion and then he wasn't quite sure what he wanted to do. So then, you know, he, he did the twins and now uh, we're talking this weekend, he wants to go on to the 600 class right away. So I think that, that initial jump into the twins cup, now that he's had big success and he's been doing really well, he's going to try to wrap up the championship this year. And he wants to go all the way to the Moto America Superbike class. So that's this cool. is his home. Wow, that's perfect. Yep. Um, let's talk about Rocco uh, Landers a little bit in Junior Cup. I mean, Wayne, you've, you've said this series, seeing a kid that starts out and is kind of dominant like that is, is what you're looking for. Tell us about what you think about what Rocco's done this year and what might happen for him in the future from your perspective. Well, exactly right. When, um, you know, when you come to a series and you just never know who's going to be the breakout rider for sure. Rocco was, uh, this year at the first race, I didn't go to Atlanta 
But I remember watching at the end of that first race, that first day on, on Live Plus on our uh, video pass channel, Rocco had a 15 second lead. That has never happened in, in our junior cup class at all. And, you know, he had, he had on some leathers that he, you could tell the kid races a lot. I mean, I think he raced every weekend for the last 10 years in those leathers. <laughs> and, uh, but he was just like a star, you know, he, he, he could just tell he loved, he was a natural, he has a lot of charisma and, uh, you know, he talks well and the kid's fast. And so we, a kid like this, you just never know. He could go all the way. So started here. He yeah. just, just, just needs to become a little more confident, I think. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, the confidence. Yeah, he lacks in that. That's a, true. Just a little bit. No, I yeah. tell you, you can tell that kid's a meat eater. He's, he really, he wants it. He yeah. really it's good for the other, you know, the, other, the other young kids that are in the class. They see this gap. And, and we've seen now <clears> the, the riders in that class really trying to push hard to, to try to challenge him. So it's always good to have a guy that, you know, that busts out like that because it shows the rest of the class it uh, looks like there's some there's some time here that we can work on. So yeah, so, all right, these are busy guys. So we'll uh, yeah. we'll wrap this up and let these guys hey, get th- back to it. Thanks uh, for you guys starting the, this year. This has been great. I think it's been a real add to this our forty-seven. <clears throat> That's we're, great. Yeah, That's we're coming up on a year doing it. So yeah, except, yeah. now it matches. He, he matches my to age. start the show. Yeah. Now you start no, the show. No, we, we kick it around a little yeah. bit. Is that what it is? Some, how when we do the video thing, he has me do it. I don't know why. And I, I Yeah, we don't either. Yeah, I don't I'm not I don't We're have a face for video, so just, I don't know. You have a face That's for why radio, I, right? Yes, That's I do. That's why radio. I let you speak. Yeah, get him out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we can move the camera off of like <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, it's good. great to have you guys on. I mean, um, you know, we've had Wayne, we had you on earlier in the year on just audio, but getting both you guys on together is, is terrific i mean it's the craig group is you guys are just great you, you're like a buddy film you guys you know you are you're like you're like hoffman and, and newman or one of those you know newman and, who are you newman newman and uh redford okay yeah, yeah. i like that yeah, yeah. see you're this newman is why i have to tell them we're stopping probably seven minutes before we, we actually stop okay you know you see how that works that's right you know. well we know there's 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 no there's not two other guys in this paddock that have more experience and no what's going on in this paddock than, than you and Paul, so. Uh, oh, thanks. So. Now I'm all warm that. and fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. Get Come to the races. My leg. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.